Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Caparo, editor-at-large at The Block, and we have a very exciting episode of the show for you today. We have Shannon Snow joining us on the other side of the mic, Chief Operating Officer of World of Women. Shannon, thanks so much for taking the time. It's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's our pleasure. Of course, we also have my colleague and helper in all things, keeping the lights on and the trains running on time, Christiana. Thanks so much for helping set this up. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. This show is sponsored in part by CleanSpark, America's Bitcoin miner. With CleanSpark, you can feel good about investing in the Bitcoin ecosystem because CleanSpark uses low-carbon energy for their Bitcoin mining data centers and is always optimizing their operations to increase energy efficiency and reduce e-waste, all while partnering with the communities they operate in. If you want to support the future of Bitcoin while also supporting the environment, visit www.cleanspark.com to learn more about the CleanSpark way. Let's just start very basically. What's the project? How to get started and walk us through your role? Absolutely. So World of Women is the world's leading mission-driven NFT project and community. It was founded with the idea of bringing equity, representation, and inclusion into the NFT space. It was launched in July 2021 at a time when many PFP projects and NFT projects only had male avatars. And the hole in the market was if women couldn't represent themselves in NFTs and Web3, how are they going to make an impact on the next generation of technology? Since then, World of Women has done over $400 million in trading volume in primary and secondary sales, been used as a profile picture from celebrities, including Reese Witherspoon, Eva Longoria, Shonda Rhimes, and many others, and built a community of over 14,000 holders worldwide that are 50% U.S. and 50% global. I came into the role June of last year, really looking to build World of Women from an NFT project into a global brand and business, which we are excited to be doing today. So how do you do that effectively? How do you take, you know, what is a PFP project into a sort of brand enabler or more so like a brand? It's really about helping the brand scale. We are so early in Web3, and if we look at the total audience for NFT collections and communities, while it's a very passionate audience, it's a very small audience compared to some of the consumer technologies that we use every day, like mobile and our laptops and the internet. And so we have to think about how do we take those type of communities and help them scale. So for World of Women, there's two avenues that we're doing that. One is being involved in onboarding. We have a World of Women Foundation that's focused on helping women and girls get onboarded to Web3 and the metaverse in partnership with The Sandbox. It involves educational opportunities and helping give people the tools to get introduced to these technologies safely. And it's all about helping our IP scale. World of Women has been a front door to Web3 and the metaverse for many brands who are really looking for a trusted brand that they can help introduce their audiences to this world of Web3. So we're really focusing on licensing our brand into other product categories that are outside the Web3 ecosystem so that people can be very exposed to World of Women IP and our mission and our message, even if they haven't yet bought an NFT or been involved in the ecosystem. So one that we're focusing on right now is House of Parlo, which is Nicole Ritchie's fashion brand. This is a fashion collection that she has been running for over a decade, but they were really looking to have an entree into the Web3 space with a mission-aligned partner. 
We're both female-founded brands focused on inclusion and really wanted to create something where people could get introduced to the world of women, IP, and images without yet purchasing an NFT. So walk us through that case study. What are they doing in the metaverse, in Web3, by leveraging the world of women IP? So for this specific collaboration, it was all about licensing the world of women art and using it to co-create products. So Yem Karkai is our founding artist for World of Women, one of the top female NFT artists in the world. She worked directly with House of Harlow to design products that were co-mixing our brands, including bags, shirt, hoodie, mm. and ring. And the idea was to link our communities and give our community the opportunity to get exposed to, you know, someone like Nicole Ritchie, who has a huge presence in popular culture. And for House of Harlow, it was all about, you know, showing that they have an interest in stepping in and engaging with communities that are very Web3 native. So in a sense, it takes World of Women and brings it into the analog world. Exactly. Because we realized that in order for Web3 to scale, we have to find new introduction points. Mm. Oftentimes, you find out about things from various sources and products. And especially for us, you know, working with a women's audience where they may not be some of the earliest adopters of NFTs. A lot of the early data shows that early adopters of NFTs are heavily male-focused. We're all about reaching people where they are. So finding our communities and target audience, whether it's in fashion, in luxury, in entertainment, and other places where they might see our message, see our IP, and be exposed and hope to be more involved in our ecosystem. Last year, there was talk about partnering with Reese Witherspoon to create content. And has that gone anywhere? Is that still in the works? So yeah, World of Women has a deal with Hello Sunshine, which is Reese's production company for scripted and unscripted series and shows. Mm. We don't have any updates in terms of the progress, but we're very proud of that deal. And it was certainly groundbreaking in the space. That could be like a TV show? TV, film, and content. Interesting. So it really runs the gamut between physical goods, merchandise, to content. Absolutely. Right. There's a World of Women Monopoly. Is that coming out or is that out already? It yeah. is coming out. Yes, that is going to be our next IP collaboration. We are releasing World of Women Galaxy Monopoly, and it's going to be a way to get deeper into the lore and the story behind the World of Women NFTs. What's the story? Basically, World of Women are galaxy of women. They're from different planets. Hmm. So depending on the skin tone trait of your wow, she may be from a different planet. So it's really kind of getting a guide to that galaxy, learning a little bit about the different planets, where the women are from, kind of what they do there, and a little bit of the kind of behind the scenes of the women. Interesting. What would be the currency? Wow dollars? <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's really more about the storytelling at this point. So what's the sort of like business development strategy in terms of getting folks like Reese or Nicole interested in collaborating? I think the first thing is having a mission that matters for the high-profile members that we've had join. They've found our project generally organically because they love the mission of getting more women into Web3 and beyond. And then in terms of brand collaborations, we have a lot of organic interest, mostly because I think that people want to partner with one beautiful art and IP. And I think the art stands apart from many in the NFT space for that reason. I think two I think for them, a lot of times they want to partner with 
a company that has a strong track record of reliability and trust in the space. World of Women donated $2 million from the mint of WOW Galaxy to women, girls, and climate causes. Our founder, Yam Karkai, is a UN SDG ally for the work that we've done in donating to sustainable and development causes. And I think that when brands are looking to partner within the Web3 space, they want that trust and they want to make sure that they're partnering with someone who is going to be as lasting as some of their more traditional brands are. So typically, you know, they'll come to us looking to partner with a really organic and mission-aligned community. And the conversation evolves from there in terms of how we can potentially create products together or do a collab. One of the things that we do often is connect them with up-and-coming women and diverse artists. A lot of times brands will want to launch their own NFT project or their own step into the space, and they want to elevate and uplift new artists. And so we'll often connect them to artists and creators in the WOW community so that we can pay it forward based on, you know, kind of the visibility that WOW has gotten and using that to elevate the next generation of artists. What do you think are some of the impediments to onboarding people into Web3? I think that certainly the market has been really challenging. I think there was a lot of interest across 2021, but as we started to see points fail, FTX lose trust, I think that there has certainly been a hit in terms of the credibility of the industry. And so certainly we feel that we have to continue to stand for the values that we want to see in Web3. It's one of the reasons I felt so strongly of moving from Silicon Valley, where I'd spent 15 years at Google and Meta and coming into Web3, because I really wanted to see this industry built with focusing on strong fundamentals, making sure that it's a lasting business, building trust. And I think our industry for sure has a lot to do that. In terms of, you know, barriers for women entering the space, I think that there are a lot of cultural messages that women receive that tech is not for them. If you look at the leaders of the top tech companies, a lot of times we're not seeing the type of gender diversity or diversity overall that we want to see there. And so a lot of the work that we're doing in onboarding is trying to give an avenue for women to understand that they have a place in Web3. So for example, we run a program called Let's Mint that's helping women and girls get onboarded, set up their wallets and enter Web3 safely. That's all about taking love of art and love of potentially creating art to mint your first NFT. Think about creating your own NFT and kind of create that bridge between creativity to tech which we think can be really transformational in people's lives. It can be really difficult as a woman to be in this space because, you know, you look at company websites and it's mostly male, mostly white. When you're onboarding, how do you sort of address this male-dominated space? Like your community is very strong and, you know, very women-empowered, but the truth is that majority of the people are still men. And, you know, it can be very difficult and intimidating to be a woman in this space. How are you addressing that? Because it's great that you're empowering the women, but the reality is that we live in this pretty negative territory sometimes. Yeah, I think it's a really good and important question. I definitely think that being part of a community that stands by you helps give you power to enter a world when things get really tough, right? I've definitely experienced that myself. I was lucky to attend Wellesley, which is an all-female college. And I found that 
the network and strength that I gained there helped me when I went into every industry that was male-dominated, whether it was Silicon Valley, whether it was working with startups, whether it was you know, starting out and getting into angel investing. I found that having that strong community, you know, gave me strength when I would enter into a room and, you know, be the only woman on the startup board or the only woman in a meeting. So I hope that World of Women can continue to grow to be the most powerful network of female women and allies and be that network for women that are entering into, you know, rooms where maybe they are the only, but hopefully not for long. Yeah, I mean, in many ways, NFT projects, communities serve and function as IP, a sort of a function of branding, content, but there's also like a community social club element that you see in a lot of these groups. And I'm curious if there are ways in which, you know, being a WOW hodler might open the door to certain opportunities for women who maybe have backgrounds that might make it more difficult for them to gate crash certain industries or sectors? Absolutely. That's what we found, actually. We interviewed, you know, dozens, if not over 100 uh, World of Women holders. And what we found was that the number one reason that they purchase WOW is to be part of the network, because it's not just high profile holders that we see. We also have incredible holders like Kathy Hackle, like Avery Akineni, um, you know, mm. industry leaders that, you know, you really want to be connected with. As a result, we've been featuring high profile WOW holders every week on Instagram Live with WOW Wednesday, where we interview holders and help them learn from each other. And we're also investing in creating a platform where you can log in and get better access to sort of the club element of World of Women and really feel that beyond Discord, beyond Instagram, beyond Twitter, which all those tools have their various pros and cons, but just have even more ways to kind of learn, play, and earn together. So we're in the process now of building a platform that will allow our community to connect much more seamlessly. And our goal with that is to make sure that they're getting the most out of the club and community element of being a World of Women holder. Here's a message from our sponsor, CleanSpark. CleanSpark is a NASDAQ-listed company that mines Bitcoin. Basically, they build and operate data centers with tens of thousands of computers that help secure Bitcoin, making it more reliable and secure for anybody, anywhere to use. These computers require a lot of energy, but that's why CleanSpark predominantly uses low-carbon energy to power their machines. But that's not all. They care about the communities where their data centers are located. They create jobs, donate to schools and community centers, and revitalize aging electricity grids in rural parts of America. They aren't just a Bitcoin miner. They're one of the most efficient and sustainable Bitcoin miners in America. Visit www.cleanspark.com to learn more. Do you remember, Frank, a few weeks ago, we had someone on the podcast who was talking about how NFTs are about community and the likelihood mm -hmm. of a Starbucks being able to create that same kind of community, you know, the big brand names, that it won't work because it's not organic. Yeah. What's your take on that, Shannon? I would say that what I've seen is that we're spending more of our lives digitally and I think like what Starbucks did amazingly well was they were that third link for many years, right? It was like home work and then a coffee shop. A lot of times you would meet a lot of your community in IRL. And now we're spending so much time online that oftentimes we are doing the reverse. We're finding our community online mm. and then we're trying to bring it IRL. So certainly I think that, you know, it's really just an evolution in terms of where our society is going. As we spend more time in line, we want to find our community online. 
and then have it pop up IRL. So for older women, we foster our community online. We connect on Discord, Twitter, in various ways. But then we also find ways for our community to pop up at events. We did a Madonna concert for NFT NYC in 2022. We did a huge purple carpet gala at Art Basel. And for us, we want to be this community that you know, shows up strong online, but pops up in the places and conferences where our community comes. So I think that there is huge room for growth in this area because we are seeing that need. And that's one of the key values that people are getting out of being part of these communities. Yeah, I think it's really important, especially, you know, if we're going to be spending much of our time online or rather in the metaverse, more virtual worlds, it's important that there's a big seat at that virtual table for women leaders. And we're already seeing what happens when there isn't in certain instances where there's metaverse sexual harassment and stuff of that nature. It's important we figure out how to keep these spaces safe. And it's interesting because the internet or sort of social media already has some of these problems and they seem to be seeping into the metaverse. How do you think about like that moderation? I think it's really important to create spaces where people can gather and feel safe in the metaverse. We're strongly partnered with the Sandbox. One of the values that you get out of holding a World of Women is you can log into the Sandbox as your World of Women avatar and really bring your digital identity into the metaverse. And you're right, you know, I've seen that in some metaverse spaces, there hasn't been enough diversity or enough moderation or enough guidelines in terms of like just how to show up in the metaverse. And so we're trying to create spaces where you know, the default is connecting in a really positive way. So for example, we built a WOW museum in the sandbox where, you know, you can go as your WOW and you can view art that inspires you that World of Women has collected and give, you know, kind of an experience there. One of the things that I think is a result of a lot of the lack of diversity that we see is a lot of the things that we're doing in the metaverse, you know, maybe it's, you know, first-person shooter games or experiences that don't really lead towards, you know, connecting in a manner that might bring new people on board. And so through creating the WOW art gallery in the metaverse, it just gives new ways for people to connect that might bring in a different and more diverse audience. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. We kind of hit on the big brands entering this space. What do you make of the attempted forays by the likes of Meta? You know, I was sad to see that they really pulled back on their Web3 initiatives. One of the things I liked about what they were doing was they were taking a very creator-first approach, and especially on Instagram in terms of allowing one-on-one creators to monetize. I actually thought that that was a positive step given that many of the platforms haven't allowed creators to monetize correctly and monetization is so much higher in the Web3 market. So it's really sad to see that, you know, they had to pull back on that because I thought that that was really a step in the right direction. Yeah. What do you think it'll take for someone like that type of firm to be successful in this space? I think commitment. I think what I've seen with a lot of brands is interest in experimentation, which is important, but it takes a really long-term focus on community and focus on why we're doing what we're doing, right? Like, what problem does it solve for the consumer? Why is it making their lives better? Some of the things that I see that I really love in the Web3 space is solving real problems. Like, there is an example in California where, you know, they're going to translate 
your car title into an NFT. And I think that that's an amazing innovation. Like we should have real record keeping on the blockchain. We should solve some of these things that may be archaic and make people's lives easier, better. So what I hope for some of the, you know, the firms that will come up now that will innovate in this space is they'll really anchor to solving consumer problems and making it easy and frictionless to do so. Last week you had ArtFest. How did that go? Yeah, so in line with the fact that we have this global community and we want people to get the most out of connecting with, you know, amazing group of women and allies worldwide is creating an opportunity for our community to celebrate together. So every quarter, the World of Women community celebrates ArtFest. We partner with artists across the ecosystem to create art inspired by the world of women, planets, and lore. So we open art to claim over the course of ArtFest. Spring ArtFest will be open until May 25th. So if you're a holder, you can go in. It's a free claim with gas, and you can claim art, share it, and just experience joy with the community and celebration of love of art and supporting up-and-coming artists. And this is the first time you've done this? We actually did Winter, which was the first one. And the original program actually, you know, World of Women was one of the first collections to drop art to its holders. We had a program called Art Drops early on in the project, but we really wanted to move it from something that was passive, dropping art monthly to holders, to something that was more of an active celebration and something that our community could do together. So starting winter of this year, we launched Winter Art Fest, and it will be four times a year linked to the full moon for each season. That's great. That sounds pretty fun. And then I saw that there's a doll in the works with uh, Jazzwares. Yeah. What kind of a doll should we expect? So yeah, we have a partnership with Jazzwares to develop dolls based on World of Women IP. You can expect that, you know, the doll will, one, be focused on inclusivity, One of the things that we saw as a whole in the market is, you know, are we putting out inclusive and representative images of women in the dolls and toys that we create? Um, So what you can expect is, you know, first phase being a highly collectible doll aimed at, you know, kind of high-end collectors. And then second phase, more mass market and ensuring that, you know, people can play with dolls that celebrate the values that we hope that we want to spread in the world. We should get one, Christiana. I would love one. I have an 11-year-old. She would love one. When do we expect that first collection to come out? You can expect the pre-sale will be this year. Okay. And then do you have any other big collaborations that we should be looking for that, you know, will take the world by storm? So let's see. What you can look forward to, not to drop any alpha, but I think the key things that are in the pipeline are partnerships in the luxury space as well as the beauty space and CPG. So you can watch out for that. Excellent. Some jewelry, perhaps. We definitely see that jewelry is what's selling well with the House of Harlow collection. Um, That was one of the key data points that we saw, that there's oversaturation of, you know, shirts, hoodies, you know, typical merch. Um, But jewelry, for sure, is something that hasn't been oversaturated in this market. So certainly looking to take advantage of the fact that, you know, we have a strong foothold in the women's market and go deeper into, you know, jewelry, fragrance, beauty, and these type of categories. How did the economics work on that? Is that sort of they pay you like a fee or do you earn a, a share of what comes in? The deal structures can differ. It depends per partner. Sometimes it can involve, you know, kind of an upfront fee. Sometimes it's collaborating on the product and then, you know, splitting mm-hmm. revenue on the back end. 
It really just depends on the partner, but the deal structures can certainly vary. The other thing is we're leveraging the permissiveness of our IP to scale. So if you own a World of Women or a World of Women Galaxy, you actually own that IP. So you can create your own products with your WoW and WoWG. And we realized that, you know, especially during the height of the market, when World of Women was getting 200 partnership inquiries per week, we realized that we can't scale. We can't create every product in-house. And we want to share that value and opportunity with our holders. So if you hold WoW, you can create products. We've seen great ones. Eva Longoria did a great derivative shirt with her World of Women and sold it to benefit charity. There's Cyber Green Juice, which is created by an amazing chef who is on Hell's Kitchen. And we've seen everything from tea to wine, coffee, different beverages. So I'm excited to see that our holders are also finding new ways to monetize their wows and create fun products along the way. Super fun. Well, Shannon, where can we learn more about you and about maybe what's coming down the pike? Absolutely. So check out World of Women at worldofwomen.art. And you can find me on Twitter, Shannon Snow underscore SF. Thanks again for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Likewise. Thanks for the opportunity. My pleasure. And we'll be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.